they are mysterious markers with bizarre messages. Isn't that weird, that thing in the street that says resurrect dead on planet Jupiter? It's a mystery. It's been put out in the public for 25 years asking to be solved. New York, DC, Boston, the person who made them was a complete mystery. Everybody who researches this seems to just hit a brick wall. So who is placing these tiles all over Philadelphia and all over the world for that matter? It's not a shadow. It's not a phantom. It's not a ghost. Somewhere there's a human being who's behind all of this. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 69 and my name is Scott. My name is Michael. And I'm Gary. What's up, Gary? Chilling. How are you doing? Good. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Nice. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, uh, as well as the week in film news before our featured review of pop star Never Stop, Never Stopping, directed by The Lonely Island, which consists of Akiva Schaefer, I believe, yep. and Yorma Tacone. Tacone? Tacone? I think it's how, how do we say these names? I think it's Tacone. No one ever... Is it Jorma it, or Yorma? No one ever says these names out loud. You just read their names on the internet, right? And, of course, Andy Samberg. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Easier to say the Lonely say Island. Yorma. Because it's... Yorma. I've never heard either of those two names in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 those are the two other members of the Lonely Island, unfortunately, okay. which says a lot about... <laughs> The plot of this movie, oh, actually. Okay, wait, those, these are those three dudes. <laughs> yeah. Just... Isn't that ironic? The, no, okay. The plot okay. of the movie is like who, you know, the rest of the band is these. So the 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 guy who is in it, not the farmer guy. That's Akiva Schaefer. I've seen that guy around a couple times before. Yeah. He's he's a director. I believe he, the last he did the watch or neighborhood watch that shitty alien invasion movie from oh, a few years ago. He directed that? Yeah, I yeah. didn't see that shit either. Ooh, that's too bad. But the other guy, I've never seen the other guy. I don't know the other guy. Well, he's he's in Hot Rod. Uh, okay, I know Hot Rod. I believe Rod. he directed Hot Rod. Yeah, these okay. are these are the Lonely Island fellas. These okay. are these are the other two members of Lonely Island that no one ever gets That aren't on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. Uh, go to our website, it's uh, verticalviewing.com. You can click the donate button there. And if you got any extra cash lying around, any extra Canadian dollars, which are, you know, basically nothing, right? <clears throat> if you're not from Canada, that's really cheap. Now's a great time to donate to us yeah. because yeah. it won't cost you, won't you even, much money. You, you won't even notice. Uh, it's fair math. Yeah. Yep. Click the donate button. It helps us uh, offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, uh, we appreciate anything. Yes, thank you. Anything that the listeners can do, the viewers, as it were. Uh, please send us your thoughts and recommendations. Our email address is verticalviewing at gmail dot com. Uh, we're on Twitter at verticalviewing. Let's get into the show, guys. Uh, Mike, yo, what have you been watching? Uh, I've been checking out a couple things. Since I've got a little more spare time now, I kind of binge-watched this new anime called Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Uh, uh, once again, what? Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, by binge, I mean there was only eight episodes out right now because it's being released currently. 
it's it takes place in like a feudal era Japan, but it's steampunky and it's like a zombie apocalypse where the zombies are like super strong and they've got these crazy like bone rib cages around their heart, which is really the only way to kill them. Uh, and everyone lives in little settlements they call stations and they call them that because they get around on these iron fortresses, which are just trains. So it's kind of like Snowpiercer, a steampunk Snowpiercer in like a feudal Japan era. Mm. Uh, and Cabinary is just what the two main characters are. They're sort of like a hybrid between the zombies and humans. So they're stronger and they just like wreck shit. Uh, and it's really well done. The animation is incredible. The music is good. The action is great. Uh, Where did you see this? It immediately pulled me in. On the internet. Okay. No specific site. I just searched, watch Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. I thought it would be on Crunchyroll or something, uh, but it's not for some reason. So I just had to seek it out and watch the episode. And this has been all subtitled and everything. It's subtitled, yeah. Hmm. But uh, probably the best anime show I've seen in a long time. Uh, I, I guess I don't watch a lot of them. How how does it stack up to uh, um, the Titans? Attack on Titan? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar, actually, because the violence is pretty intense and the stakes are real. And when people die, you're like, oh, shit, that's too bad. Seems like it. Not <clears throat> quite as disturbing as Attack on Titan was because just seeing those creepy smiling things just happily eat people... All of the time. It looks stupid. It was very... It looks dumb. Very off-putting. You ever seen Attack on Titan? No, no. No, no. Have you no. seen it? Don't. He's like, don't ask me. No, dude. This <laughs> is like, so far, I'm all for you. Talk about people I don't know and shows I don't know. Uh, have you seen Attack on Titan? Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've yeah. seen some episodes of it. It's, just, it's, it's on Netflix. It's, it's just it's very insane. disturbing. It's, it's dark and Yeah, up. yeah. This isn't quite as dark as that, but it's... Uh, definitely worth checking out. Okay. So I recommend it. Cabinary of the okay. Iron Fortress. Yep. That's K A B R N I. Wait, hold on. Cabin Cabinary K A B E N A R I E R I. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's spelled something like that. Uh, Gary, what have you been watching? Lay it oh. on us. You've been gaming. You said. Well, gaming. Watch a lot of playoffs too, right? Hockey. I like the hockey playoffs. I like the basketball playoffs when the Raptors are in. I don't typically watch basketball all that much, but anyway, was- you were you were. Uh, you were firmly, like, had your feet in Jurassic Park, I guess, or? Sure. I probably couldn't say four guys on the team, so I wouldn't say I was that into it. But, like, you know, I was whatever I was watching. It was interesting for once. I don't mind basketball. I just don't watch it very much. But the hockey playoffs have been watched a lot, and I've been playing a lot of games. So I haven't been watching a ton. Um, have you seen Banshee? Yeah, man. Yeah, I like that show. That's pretty much what I've been watching with my spare time. Um, it's a great guy show. So what is <laughs> what is this? I've seen this. Is this sort of a raunchy, sexy kind of superhero thing? What's going it's not on? Not a superhero here? thing. No, no. He's like it's a vampire. Uh, no, no, no. Show? There's nothing supernatural. He's uh, he's like a, a thief or whatever. Gets out of jail. And he goes looking for the his accomplice from the the crime that he did, and whatever. He runs into the sheriff who's new in town and. Whatever shit goes sideways, the sheriff gets killed. Nobody knows who the sheriff is, so he kind of reports as the sheriff. And then from there, he's assumed this new life is this new this new guy who's the sheriff of this town, Banshee. I mean, I'd, I'd heard of it right when it first came out, and I thought, pretty cool concept, whatever. I hadn't got on board, but I heard this was the last season, so I started watching it. Season one, I've watched the whole first season, and it's pretty good. 
Um, season four is the final one, right? Yeah, it's yeah. going on right now. Yeah. So it takes place in a small town in the, like the southern Pen- or central Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh, and so there's Amish gangsters. Yes, there is. Which okay. is like just if you hear that and say, "What the hell, Amish, Amish gangsters?" F- first, you had my attention. <laughs> now you have yeah. my curiosity, and they are ruthless as shit. Uh, and seeing this ex-con who's pretending to be a sheriff, but and like he doesn't follow any of the red tape, he just gets shit done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. And, and so, what actors or actresses are on this? Anyone? No, no one that you would know. Probably not. No. Okay. Actually, I think one of the actresses who plays the niece of the Amish gangster guy is going to be in Blade Runner too. Uh, I heard somewhere. So. Let me just find her name. The uh, the Amish girl. Yep. Rebecca or something like that. Yeah. Oh, she's one of the leads, I think, maybe. Well, yeah. what he does, like things that he does, there's like a hostage situation, right? And he's whatever. He's not even there. So the whole episode's just this hostage situation going on. And then he shows up with like 15 minutes left in the episode. Just comes barging in. He's like, fuck it. I'm going in. He just goes in. He fucking bah, bah, bah. He takes out all the fucking <laughs> captors and shit. Whatever. It's it's pretty good. It's good stuff. What yeah. what network is this show on? Uh, I've been watching it on HBO on demand. Okay. I, yeah, I think it might be an HBO one. Mike's furiously. Have you I se- might have been wrong. Interneting. Have you seen uh, any of that high maintenance yet? No. 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 The, it's it's just I, webisodes right now. Yeah. But HBO picked it up. So I've been watching. Those. You've been watching They're, that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Man. It's funny. Um, it's clever. <clears throat> I watched. Okay, where should I start here? Uh, so I watched Hot Rod this week. <laughs> getting prepped, <laughs> yeah. nice. just getting, getting prepped for, for Pop sure. Star. Uh, it, it's filmed locally. I don't know if you guys know that. I did not know that. Yeah, no, I bet it held up too. It does hold up because it's it, it, it's pretty abstract. Yeah, Spirit of the Dolphin. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> where it just feels like they're just they're just drunk or stoned in the editing room or something. And just, you know, there's dance numbers, you know, where he, they, he dance fights in like Stanley Park at one point and like falls down this giant hill. And, you know, that's like how he has an epiphany. He just sort of footlooses his way through this dance number in the forest while he's punching the air and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the movie makes no sense. Ian McShane is a hero in that, though. It's a great movie <laughs> because there's a lot of really sort of random shit in it that they wouldn't normally put in a regular comedy. Like the fact that Ian McShane, his stepfather has heart disease, right? Okay. They're going to raise money. They're going to jump over 20 buses, which is like one more than evil can evil or something. They're going to do this thing to raise money for their uncle's heart. To, you know, his, his stepfather's stepfather, yeah. uh, heart disease. Oh, it's one of these movies. Uh, but, but he's doing it so he can kick his ass. Exactly. Which is brilliant. <laughs> What a great! He's like, I want to just crush your skull right now. <laughs> like he, he just wants to kick his his stepfather's ass, but he can't do it when his stepfather's just laid out on the couch and has heart disease. So he's like, we need to get you, you know, healthy. I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of dark shit in it. That's kind of, it's good. Check out Hot Rod. It's a really low rent movie, though. You'll have to take a shower after. Just because you feel like you watched, you know, sort of a some filth. It feels like you paid like You're ninety down, even down ni- in the trenches. Ninety nine cents is probably too much for that one. Uh, <laughs> um, 
What else you got? You got anything? Yeah, uh, I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. All right, again, after the Nice Guys, I kind of wanted to revisit it. So this and is Shane Black's directorial debut, right? It still holds up. Uh, I like it better than the Nice Guys. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I, I was watching it, and he seemed to overact a lot in it. I thought. So this is before he uh, his renaissance. Yeah, this was like this started him on the path, I think, to the to the downy essence. Yes, um, but he was like he was just giving her, and there was a lot of instances where it may may have been the character that and he was trying to be a little too, I don't know, aggressive with the emotion, uh, but it just came across as him going way too far and overacting the shit out of certain scenes and. Uh, but the rest of it, like Val Kilmer is... Gay Perry. He's so good in that movie. Have you seen this? I think so. Kiss, I don't, kiss, I don't bang, remember, bang. but yeah, I think I've seen it. Um, it's like another detective story. Yeah. Or the detective L.A. Buddy. Christmas yeah. time. Th- that movie got to me, and Michelle Monaghan's good in it, too. What happened to Michelle Monaghan? Where is she now? Well, she went on True Detective, right? Did she? Yep. Yeah. Second season, right? First season. First season? Well, like with Juma, it was uh, Woody Harrelson's... Uh, Wife. Oh, okay. Right? Right, okay. That makes sense. Because I um, hadn't seen her in anything since Source Code, but now you mentioned True Detective, so... Yeah. Uh, she she gets, I think, around. She does a lot of stuff. Um, That's good, because she's pretty good. Yeah. I, li- I, I like her showings. Mm. Uh, but I, I, the, the, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang got me when, uh, when we got to the point where... I don't know if this is a spoiler... Like this movie is too old to spoil right now. Robert Downey Jr. loses his finger in a door. Like he's got his hands yep. on the door on the frame of a door, and and Michelle Monaghan actually slams the door on him in anger, and then it actually like severs his entire finger. She immediately opens the door. Did did I just cut off your finger? Yeah, yep. yeah, I think you did. And it's, the, there it is. <laughs> and, and then the rest of the movie becomes that 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 sort of part of the plot is we well we have to deal with his finger how it's falling off and then mm. he get it gets fixed and then like a thug grabs his hand and then it, you know like, starts twists it twists it and then you know it's just it just broke all the stitches and shit like it's <laughs> and then eventually a dog eats it um yeah so there's a lot of parallels in this to nice guys to nice guys cuz he has a bandage over his hand for most of mm-hmm. it Ryan Gosling has a cast on his arm for most of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like it, it feels like Ryan Gosling is playing the same kind of guy. It, it, it fe- yeah, it does. But, it feels a lot like The Nice Guys was a bit of a retread with, mm-hmm. with a less coherent plot. Well, then that's what I said on our review. I said that, I mean, perhaps it is, perhaps it isn't. It, it felt like the role of Holland March, yeah. Ryan Gosling's character. It felt like Robert Downey Jr. could have played that. You know, it sort of felt like maybe it was written better for him. I, I did really like what Ryan Gosling did for well, and Val Kilmer it, and Russell Crowe are very similar characters too. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 okay, they're both great movies. I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is superior. If you haven't seen it, check it out. So I've I've heard it doesn't hold up. You're saying it? I think it does. It does. Yeah. Okay. I heard I, some of the gay jokes don't are are kind of off color in our current climate of more like I well I I suppose. Acceptance. But, I mean, it's a product of his time, I suppose. It's not like the movie mm-hmm. is using those jokes no, for no, our no, benefit. No. Again, I have The characters are, that think it's funny. I haven't done a rewatch, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else you got, Gary? Anything? It's about it? Yeah, no, no. You, you, you haven't played Rocket League yet, though. No, I haven't played Rocket League. Why? Why haven't you played it? 
I'm going to buy what, it. Well, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm going to get my ass whooped. <laughs> I guess it Don't worry about it, man. It was free on PlayStation Plus yeah, 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 for yeah. a while. I don't know if you... Did you end up sort of adding it After. to your... <laughs> so I, you, you own it. No, I don't. Okay. I, I just got PlayStation Plus like two months ago. Okay. Uh, okay. Right? So, so I didn't get it. it. But there's two, I got 20 bucks in my account right now. There's two games I'm torn between. It's Rocket League and Abe's Odyssey. Go Odd, with Rocket Odd, League. Oddworld. Yeah. Go with Rocket League. Rocket League is, is a game you'll play for much longer than... Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it, especially, and you're, you're a football fan. You're a soccer fan. Well, fuck. Whatever. Why, why did you say it like that? Soccer fan. Soccer. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're Euros coming up. You, yeah, he's he's uh, he, I, like most people you ask are probably not soccer fans. I, I know what soccer is. Yeah. Rock, Rock, Rocket League plays exactly like soccer, mm. but it's two on two or some shit, right? No, you can play four on four. One hundred percent, exactly like soccer. There's no differences. Yeah, yeah. People with rockets on their uh, shoes and stuff. It, it's badass. There's so many levels to the game. Like, there's the sort of intro. Sort of, you're just getting your feet wet, and you're playing like a five year old, just chasing the ball around into the corners and being an idiot. <laughs> then you start getting good at sort of waiting for it to come out and get a nice clear shot and bank it in. Then there's this like third tier to the game, which is like air, the aerial game, right? Which is where it gets good, where you can see that. I'm sure you've seen highlights on the internet of people doing these crazy goals where they're flipping through the air. And... Yeah, and they launch their little rocket and they do this little tumble, and the ball comes up and they just bounce it. Across the whole map, huge saves and stuff too. It's 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 rare that I think you can have a video game where you just show anybody, somebody who's not even into video games, a highlight, an actual highlight, like a no different than a sports highlight, and then they would say, "Oh wow, that's actually really amazing," and that took some talent and skill. In in the same way that you know a great goal in soccer or you know hockey yeah. or something, people would respect the the talent on display, they can just look at Rocket League and say, oh, wow. But do you do anything or do you just actually like run up the wall and then... No, you actually... It just happens. No, you, you have to time it and hit the like the boost at the right time and make sure you're going on the right angle and shit like that. So it it does take some skill. So it's not and like the, Tony Hawk where he like up and square to do a... No, you're not just thing. hitting like a no, quick the, time the, event. The controls are like, you know, basic five minutes to learn and a lifetime to master, as you would say. But the game is amazing, and I don't think they need to change anything about it. And I think it's perfect for they, they have like esports. I think plans for the game. Well, we gotta fill the stadiums with smoke, and then have the holographic projections of the matches. Oh, man, that was Red and I's idea. You just have the whole game in an actual stadium. This would be the way to watch esports for real. Yep. Have like a Dota map or a fucking. Counter Strike map projected into the arena, and people are just watching the whole thing go down, as if it's like a real map. Right. That'd be awesome. I would pay so good. much money to go see those. Right. Be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So speaking of games, I played something called Adrift. Have you heard of this oh, game? Oh yeah. Is this in space? Adrift, and then the I is a one. Oh shit. Adrift Yay. one. That, I, I don't know. That typically means it's bad. Like Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, it's and... not good when they do that. This game is, I think, it's not even, I think this is 100% made for the Oculus Rift. What it is is probably best described as Gravity the Game. Mm, okay. So you are on a space station that's completely been destroyed. 
uh, and you're just trying to float between modules, grabbing oxygen, trying to stay alive, opening doors and stuff. And it, there's not a lot of gameplay going on here, but it's insane to look at this thing. Uh, and I wish I had VR goggles because there's all this debris that is floating everywhere. And I would, I'd imagine wearing these goggles, you're walking through this in 3D with these you know, little pieces of foam and space dust, you know, shining through the the sun as it comes across the horizon of the earth. Yeah. It's insane looking. Uh, but I wouldn't, I don't know if this is a game. Space simulator? There's not a lot of, like, you don't kill anything. Well, you There's don't, no, like, <laughs> you don't kill anything in Rocket League either. No, I know, but you're scoring goals, so you're killing the enemy. You don't have to kill stuff in a game. No, you don't. Look at the witness. True. But there's no puzzles in this, really. It's just go and pull levers and... You know what That's I mean? That's the it, puzzle, though, pulling levers and shit. It's more about this experience of being in space and feeling like you're there. Um, and it's, as I said, it's VR-ready. You're supposed to be sitting there in Oculus and just tripping your balls off to being floating in space. And there's no... So it's really just an experience. They call these walking anything. simulators. Oh, okay. Gone Home is an example. I don't know if you ever played. No. You've heard of it, I'm I've sure. I've heard of it, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's awesome... Like, my jaw was on the floor when I opened this game up and started playing it. Like, I had a smile on my face just by how amazing it looks and how realistic everything is with little water droplets floating past your face and stuff. And you can reach out and grab shit. Like, you remember in Gravity when Sandra Bullock is just helplessly grabbing at you know ropes and shit just trying to grab onto something there's a lot of that you're just you are trying to reach for an oxygen tank as it's floating by and you're just missing it and shit so maybe that's kind of the gameplay element to it huh. there's been times where i'm like trying to get to the next module and there's this oxygen tank right next to me and i just miss grabbing it and i fucking die i don't know Seems more like uh, Dragon's Lair. It's like the story. There's an interactive story. Yeah, you're living the story. Yeah, there's not a lot of game to it, though. But it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Again, if you had a VR headset, this is what it's made for, though. Cool. Adrift. I'm excited for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, just quickly, I'll mention I did watch Saving Private Ryan as well. What? I didn't actually intend to watch the entire thing, but uh, it was on... TV. I watched it right from the start. I was like, okay, I'll just I'll just watch the beach sequence. And good God, that movie is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I couldn't. You're you're invested right away. Like um, this is another example of master filmmaking in which the pacing with the opening and the tension and just how invested you get. You forget what's going on. You forget to breathe so that as soon as they are out of danger, you're like, okay, holy shit. All right, now what's gonna happen next? Like, yeah. so that whole opening sequence still like held up, even oh, though yeah. it, like every movie since then has all been sort of like a remake of that. And yeah, but I don't think it, many of the movies have really captured what Spielberg did there with that opening thing. Eh? Yeah, like it was super intimate and intense, and it didn't pull any punches. Um, just watching these guys go through hell. Uh, did you finish the entire movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't... The middle portion is kind of troublesome. Like, it's not very strong in the middle of the movie between the two awesome battle scenes. I know that final battle scene's amazing. 
But you're, you're right, it does flag a little, but that's where we really get to know these characters more. Mm-hmm. Then it works, because then... Because then that final battle, you're yeah. like, oh, shit, oh, no, that guy, oh, no, this, oh, no, that. <laughs> like, everybody just gets... You got, you, got, you got a young, young little Vin Diesel. Yeah, young Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah. Oh god, there's so many the people. Cast is pretty crazy in that right? film, and it is Paul, Paul Giamatti as well. It also stands the test of time for just being an incredible war movie. Yeah, it's amazing that it's still like almost twenty years later is still twenty years. Eh? Wow. I guess ninety eight, right? Yeah, and when it show, shows so many different uh, views the soldiers would have at the war. Like Tom Hanks's crew is pretty hardened. Uh, but just the scene where they're just flippantly throwing the dog tags around, looking for it, making jokes yeah, about yeah. the names of the dead soldiers and stuff like that. While this entire battalion walks by just watching them like in horror, like what the, and they they don't even think about it. No. Until uh, Giovanni Ribisi. They're like new recruits going into war. Right. And they're just looking Oh, It's like, Oh, oh shit. Look at all those dead guys. They're just they're tossing just... them around like potato chips. Yeah. Yeah, the movie, the movie, I think, set the table for who knows how long it's going to be until war movies are... Maybe it's Christopher Nolan with Dunkirk coming, I guess, next year. Or I just... It feels like Saving Private Ryan set the table for what war movies are going to be for like the next like 50 years. Almost, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, war is not going to be the same, right? Fuck, what are they going to do? Well, just in the term, in terms of like how to shoot and make a war movie, and how to make it that impactful on like a visceral level and everything. You know, I think like you watch war movies before that, and they're just very standard action stuff. Like they weren't they glorified a lot more. Yeah, they I, weren't they weren't like hor- they're almost like a horror movie. You know the way that Spielberg Full Metal Jacket is still it. my favorite horror movie. <laughs> or a war movie, war movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I can get behind Apocalypse that. now. Yeah, I think that is probably mine. Yeah. Uh, so wait, I got I got two more things. I should probably quickly go through these. Um, Do it. So approaching the unknown. This is with Mark Strong. How was it? I liked approaching the unknown. Nice. I like Mark Strong. So he has a really bad American accent in this. I'll forgive him. He's Mark Strong. <laughs> He's my boy. Super clunky dialogue here. Okay, so let me let me uh, let me paint the picture here. Mark Strong plays an astronaut. He's on a solo mission to be the first man on Mars. Luke Wilson plays his mission commander. Uh, Luke Wilson's still around. Yeah, Luke Wilson's still around. Yeah. Okay. Basically, the movie involves his his solo mission uh, to Mars, communicating with Luke Wilson uh, and a couple of other astronauts along the way. Uh, this movie is kind of cool because it surrounds the story of him turning dirt into water, which I don't think is actually possible. What? <laughs> so he invents, he has this, he has this, it's, I guess it's slightly in the future. He has this weird little reactor, uh, sort of gizmo that he brings out into the desert in Chile. Uh, and he, sets up like this little sample of dirt into this chamber and sucks it up and then just like charges this fucking nuclear reaction something happens he basically separates the dirt into hydrogen or removes the hydrogen and oxygen from the dirt and then combines them into water uh which which if you're just sitting there you go okay that sounds crazy okay the movie 
doesn't really spend much time explaining how that would even be possible. What if there is no hydrogen in the soil? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, but it, 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 the movie sets up a really interesting uh, motivation for our main character. And you're really invested in his experiment to work. But this is the fucking dumbest, <laughs> like, planned mission ever. If like so, he doesn't really bring enough water for because himself. He can make water because yeah. he can make the water. So now it becomes this crisis of, well, I'm gonna die now because I don't have any water. There's some Apollo 13 esque, uh, you know, accidents that occur on board that, you know, his drinking water, some of it gets lost and whatever, and he's 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 running out of things to make. Because he he starts scraping dirt off the walls and dust and stuff and turning that back into water. Like he has a little bit. His machine works, but there's just no dirt left in his ship. So it really feels like a low rent version of the Martian. He's sort of starving, or, you know, dying of dehydration on board his ship on the way to Mars. So was this already in production when I the think, Martian? I think it must have been. It must. This movie must have already been. Uh, at least they knew that Martian was, you know, you had the book there, so you could probably understand the tone that the movie was going to have. This feels very similar to The Martian, very. But it's much more cerebral and much less smug than The Martian is. Like, n no offense to The Martian, but it's smug as hell. Yeah, it, and that's it's why I like just, it. Yeah, it's, we're going to science the shit out of this. Nah. Like, it's really, like, science the best, and we're awesome. If you're If you're a scientist, you're cool. The Martian's on Netflix now. Yeah, I was watching it. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. The Martian is amazing. <laughs> uh, but this movie is much more cerebral. Not to give it... It's not a great movie. Um, but this movie is much more about like what it would be like to go crazy alone uh, on a spaceship. There's no time delay in the broadcast, which pissed me off. <laughs> like, they're talking in real time, which is nonsense. So would, would you say The Martian ruined this movie? Uh... No. Because it handled that stuff more realistically? Not necessarily. It's just this is too close, I guess, maybe mm. more. You know what I mean? It's so close that it feels informed by the Martian slightly, even though it may not be. But you kind of know it is. <laughs> um, but this is the most reckless and ill-prepared uh, mission in human history, right? To only rely on water from the reactor. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but I did kind of dig the towards the end. There's an awesome ink tank sequence where like you can tell like he goes through some sort of magnetic storm his spaceship flies through a magnetic storm and they they've done like a weird looks like they've got a fish tank with all these colored inks and shit floating in it looks for the storm yeah it looks really really trippy hmm. and i thought okay this is cool and it lasts for like a couple of minutes it's kind of cool it's like a 2001-esque nice kind of thing uh but yeah that's that's about it for me anything else from you guys no that's that's what I've been watching. No. Go Penguins. Uh, is, that, is that who you're cheering for? Uh, that's who I picked. So yeah. ah. so that's who he's cheering for. I, I wanted to put money. money on the Raptors, and I'm glad I didn't. Well, no, that was, would have been a lost cause. Well, if they won, it would have pulled in a ton of cash. Oh, you mean like real money and Vegas money? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they had know. like a one in like a th 900 chance or something. Like yeah. you, would, you would have made. Going into the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um the others <laughs> i have i have one more thing i watched i watched resurrect dead the mystery of the toynbee tiles 
Do you guys know anything about this? What? Yeah. Yeah. Get your phone out. Type in Toynbee Tile. T-O-Y-N-B-E-E. Toynbee. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on this, but these things fascinate the hell out of me. They are these strange tiles that someone made in the Philadelphia area, or at least the East Coast area of the U.S. Some were found in like South American stuff. Uh, there are these tiles made out of linoleum and tar and asphalt that are embedded into roadways. Uh, Toynbee idea in movie 2001, Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter. So that's what the message says on each of these Toynbee tiles. Read that again. Toynbee idea in movie 2001, Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter. Yeah. So that's that's what each one of them says. Uh, And this documentary is fucking unbelievable. And it, it basically surrounds these two dudes who are obsessed with these tiles and are completely... Uh, you know, devoting their lives to finding out who the hell this guy is who made them or, you know, girl, whoever the hell is behind these things. And the story of 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 all the clues, they're all going all over the, literally down to South America to read these tiles and putting this mystery together of what this message means and who made it. Uh, this This documentary is sick. Do they figure it out or no? Yeah. You no. kind of come away from this documentary with... A bit of an idea of maybe who it might be, and and it almost leaves it like, to me, it's it's not really satisfying because it leaves it like, in a way that says, hey, you know, maybe some people should just be left alone, you know, which is I guess true, <laughs> obviously. But if somebody makes, if if somebody's out there putting this really bizarre message into the world, and and doing it on public roadways, uh. I think that's fair game. It's kind of fair game for people to want to track you down and ask you questions about it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But then the movie sort of, th- th- this guy becomes sort of reclusive and I think maybe is a little bit mentally disturbed, perhaps. I mean, you know. Or he's tuned into another. A lot of his tiles and stuff have, yeah, he's tuned into some other yeah. <laughs> higher plane of existence. Yeah, a lot of his tiles are just diatribes against the government, against you know, politicians against Wall Street. Like, he's just he's just a crazy nut. The movie's awesome, though. Resurrect Dead. Uh, it's a great documentary from 2011. Cool. I want to check that Seriously. out. Where, where, did you, where can I find it? Uh, I got it from the library. Cool. I have a library card, so I'll check it out. <laughs> um, yeah. It used to be on Netflix, I believe. Uh, it's not on Blu-ray, unfortunately. No. Uh, that's all right. But it's a DVD. You can find I it mean, at the library. DVD is fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do some film news. Let's do it.
like a tactical nuke. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I dreamt this is really happening. A man, me, who's worth over $20 billion is now being chased by CIA assassins. That's the truth. <laughs> and in the middle of a robot uprising. What is in essence a tactical nuke? <laughs> the great thing is, hi. The great thing is that I'm I'm barely feeling any jet lag. No, stop it. What? You need to hide on the roof of this building. I'll get you a helicopter oh. extraction. Okay. No, well, the do-over was much better than Ridiculous 6. So this is Adam Sandler's second Netflix con like contract film. Like, I guess he's yeah. going to do six of them or something? Six, Five six, of them? Six or eight or something. So, yeah, it's also not so good. It probably a three out of ten, maybe. So this is better than... It's better than Ridiculous 6. Okay. Um, what does Adam Sandler do that's good? Nothing these days. So the plot is basically they fake their death. Like he, he, yeah. Adam Sandler and David Spade fake their deaths and well, well, sort of. Like yes, they do that. They steal the identities of some crazy dudes, and now it's like what their lives are crazy. So the whole idea is it starts at um a like a forty year not forty year twenty year re high school reunion or something like that where David Spade and uh, Adam Sandler show up. And Adam Sandler says he's in the CIA or an FBI. He's an FBI agent. And David Spade works at a bank branch inside a supermarket. So his life sucks. Like he's he's married the girl that he had a crush on in high school, but she basically still sleeps with her ex-husband. And now he just pays for all of her bills and stuff like that. So he's got a terrible life. And so Adam Sandler is like, hey, man, come to my boat. And... He brought brought a couple of corpses along, blows the boat up. It's like now we faked our death. So David Spade actually had no idea that any of this was going to happen. Like he was just along for okay, the ride. Okay, so he didn't. <clears throat> he wasn't in on the do over. No. Uh, but then after their death had already been faked, and he saw what happened at his funeral, <laughs> where no one seemed to give a shit about oh, him. Okay. He's like, okay, let's do it. And it turns out the guys that they took over the lives of had developed like a treatment, a successful treatment or a cure for cancer that worked like 98% of the time on patients and stuff like what? that. But the government or something, uh, it's a little thin, but someone wanted them dead so that they could destroy the, the cure and, you know, make lots of money on pharmaceuticals. And Adam Sandler is actually a guidance counselor. He didn't doesn't work for the FBI. He just, yeah, it's it, terrible. I, of course, I, I probably could have guessed that. Uh, David Spade phones this shit in more than I've ever seen him do. Adam Sandler looks completely disinterested the entire time. The, these it's, are clearly like Netflix, like these are contracted movies, right? Like you can tell they're just trying to just, we got to make a movie, guys. So let's just make a movie in quotes. Yeah. Let's go. Shoot a scene. Paula Patton. Edit it together. Paula Patton tries to inject some life because she's like the the wife of the deceased doctor. Uh, but no, like it, she just can't carry the thing on her own. It's not really worth watching. 
Um, but if you like Adam Sandler, don't watch it, actually. Don't watch it. <laughs> don't. Just don't. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Ridiculous 6 was awful. This is a step above that, but it's still awful. Uh, so I think I'll just keep seeing these contract movies as they come out and see where they fall on the scale of Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's amazing how many more we have. I was uh, I was just too curious. I needed to know, and uh, I actually had to do it over a few different sittings, and I was just washing the dishes and stuff. I was doing housework while it was on TV. Yeah, so you were assembling a barbecue. That's the only way that I could make it through. I think uh, you did this oh, an hour and a half. Full, fully like feature oh, films, you know? Yeah. 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 They're not just like 20-minute things. But, yeah. I mean, honestly, what was the last good thing he did? Oh, I think it was Pixels? Was No. <laughs> no. Um... I don't know. Let's let's get into the some, get some back, film news get here. Get back to me next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll think about that. Um, so the internet exploded this week because they're doing they're reshooting forty percent of Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah. Yikes. I don't know what to think about this. So no one knows what to think. There's rumors everywhere. People think that they're making it more of a lighter movie. Well, less of a war movie or something. Yeah, because it didn't come o- go over well with the test audience, and I'm trying to figure out what that means because they haven't said. Obviously, they're not going to be like, "Well, shit doesn't make sense for half the movie, so we got to reshoot it." So this is the the next installment that's coming out. Yeah, uh, it's not one of the main movies, but it's oh, what? Oh. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So that every two years they'll be releasing one of the new episodes. So Episode Eight comes out next year following the direct sequel to force awakens but this takes place before the very first movie of them getting the death star plans so they're gonna have rogue one a star wars story then they'll have the young han solo movie a star wars story and then something else probably it's it's a a spin-off star wars film it's 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 like battle battle for endor it's like Call of Duty, different one every year, or yeah, the uh, it's like win- Marvel movies where win- you ma- winter and summer Olympics. Well, you you make you, every other year. You you make like a you know Guardians of the Galaxy, then you make a you know a Thor movie. You make all these different installments. You know, you make money. You do. You make. You you want to have these people on a subscription basis, right? You make yep. money. You, you have st- a year, you have a yearly salary from each individual fan. Pretty smart. Uh. According to Making Star Wars, uh, the Rogue One crew estimates that they are reshooting roughly 40% of the movie, working six days a week for a period of eight weeks, uh, and 32 sets have been built for this phase of the production. Jesus. Uh, That's a lot. (laughs) It's always expected that there would be reshoots, uh, and they now might be just more substantial than uh, originally thought. So reshoots are just part of making movies, Mm -hmm. especially big movies. When you're planning out a production schedule, you leave, I think, probably a month or two of of empty spot on the schedule for your actors and crew members. Like uh, Actors will sign their contracts indicating that you may be required to come back for reshoots like eight months from now if we're not happy with the way the edit is going. And actors have to return and do it because they're still under contract. And so... It happens pretty much in every movie. Civil War had reshoots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Force Awakens had For, reshoots. For, Force Awakens had reshoots. Just not this extensive from the sounds 40%, of it. 40%. That's <laughs> almost half the movie. Yeah. 
So well, the, and as you said the other day, the rest are just effects shots. So it's or someone said that the rest are just effects shots. So every the forty percent is the whole movie <laughs> that they're redoing. So they actually are recruiting stunt coordinators. So they're they're shooting like stunt sequences and and stuff, which. When they say that they're reshooting scenes that are more, you know, story driven, <clears throat> you wouldn't think that you would need stunt coordinators, hmm. would you? That's part of driving the story forward. They're yeah, literally driving the story forward for sure. But but, um, you know, usually you would think they'd be reshooting dialogue scenes yeah. to to tweak lines or say you know different things, direct the plot in slightly different ways, you know. Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Characters aren't connecting the right way. Stunt coordinators would mean you maybe you have whole new action sequences or set pieces, as we said, that you're building. I'm a little concerned that the whole Twitter war between Duncan Jones and Ryan Johnson is going to end up being neither one of them produces a good movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, apparently Warcraft is not good, but we'll get to that next week. There's, There's just a ton of stuff like... The internet flipped out over Rogue One, clearly. Um, well, I mean... Rob it, and I had a back and forth. Because like, a lot of developments came. Like Christopher McQuarrie denied rumors that he was coming back on to the shoot. And then now it's like Tony Gilroy, the born... The born guy. Writer. Uh, it, it sounds worse than it is, I guess. And, and the way Disney's positioning it, I guess, is just more damage control. They're saying... We're just trying to make Star Wars the best it can be. And Force Awakens exceeded all our expectations, so we're just trying to do the same for Rogue One. We're just trying to, you know... Yeah, fair fair enough. Make an A-plus movie. That's all we can really say. <laughs> I just... How bad could it have been? Uh, but the whole internet is just assuming that it's too dark, and that's what everyone wants. And now Disney's saying, no, you can't have that. Which I don't think is the case. No, no. I guess we'll see. I mean, <clears throat> I'm still hopeful. Yeah, it's just a big deal because it's Star Wars, and Force Awakens was received <clears throat> so well last year that everyone's gonna lose their shit. But when it does. They hear it, that do, it, it does feel like each of these movies goes through adversity on the way. Like Harrison Ford breaking his leg. You it's know, true. when it, when these movies are in production, there's a lot of signs pointing like, uh oh, we're in trouble. You know, people have doubts along the way. For like they had them in the Force Awakens, but even when it's bad, the masses still flock, so it doesn't matter. That's mm. fair. Within reason, yeah, it didn't hold up so well with Batman versus Superman. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm talking with relation to Star Wars. Oh like, yeah, for sure. Like the first, well, whatever, second, one, two, three episodes, one, two, three, whatever. They, from my understanding, were not good. No, but people were still crazy about the re- release of every one. And then when the new ones started coming out, people were still crazy about it, even though the last one sucked. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, people are going to spend their money on Star Wars. It's true, because it's so ingrained it's in the popular culture. Like, episode one, people were excited because it was new Star Wars, and then it sort of sucked, but the damage had been done. Like, so many people went already. Episode two, they love Star Wars so much. It's like, no, this has to be better. Right. It has to be better. We're going to go. And then... Once again, episode three was like, oh, God, this has to be better than Attack of the Clones. At that point, it was an obligation. This is the last one. This is the third. Let's just get this over with and connect the final dots to to Luke Skywalker here. You know, let's just get this over with. But then were four, five, and six all that good? Yeah. Were they? They're pretty good. I don't know. I I don't know. Gary's not the guy to ask. (laughs) Not the guy to ask, but yeah, I don't know. They don't look very good. (laughs) 
Um, moving on, T.J. Miller got cast in Ready Player One for Steven Spielberg. Hmm. Uh, you guys haven't read this book, I guess. No, not yet. No. T.J. Miller is who's he going to play? Amazing. I'm not sure actually. Um, he, I, I, I'm guessing that he got cast in this primarily because of his recent work on Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, like Ready Player One is a really nerdy kind of. It's a VR kind of based Willy Wonka chocolate factory kind of thing. Okay. It's like imagine if <clears throat> this rich dude welcomed everyone into his factory, but you're all wearing Matrix-like VR goggles. That's kind of thing. Then you get to win his fortune or some shit. Okay. Um, so he's playing I Rock. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, this is probably a book that I think we'll need to read eventually. Read, uh, I think he didn't, he didn't read this one. He read um, the newer one, Armada. Which was not good. No, you read it? I couldn't finish it. Yeah. Like, the writing was just... It reminded me a lot of Goosebumps-style writing. Like, Damn. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, TJ Miller, I'm, this is good casting. Uh, I mean, he's a star on the rise. I'm glad to see him. He was in Transformers, though, which was hilarious. Well, <laughs> He was in Transformers to die. Spoiler. I know. I know. So speaking of Transformers, uh, we can skip ahead to that one. <clears throat> Transformers Five is on in production right the now. The Last Night. Yeah. Transformers Five: The Last Night. They're shooting in Cuba. <laughs> I think they is that didn't take long. Did I it? know, right? They're oh, doing gosh. Fast and Furious uh, Eight in Cuba as oh, well. Oh shit! Wow. Open it up a little and. Yeah, we'll jump right in. Already got KFCs. Get, get right back to exploiting it. Pizza Hut and movie, you know, uh, productions already <clears throat> tearing up the cobblestones. Unreal. I do t- slight tangent here. The idea to me of having amazing Fast and Furious chase sequences through with, Havana, through Havana, with old school cars from like the fifties that have been all jacked up or something with with NOS. <laughs> um, I mean, think that could about be pretty th- badass. Think yeah. about a street racing it, it, with those hot rods in in Cuba, man. It's it, 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 there's there's a car culture already there that I think would work with a Fast and Furious movie, kind of. I don't know. Hopefully that happens because that, that sounds pretty. That cool. seems we. But anyway, too bad they didn't just build the set somewhere in. <laughs> The U.S. Or but but that's sort of the idea. They they world hop with these movies, right? Well, Michael Bay just wants a vacation somewhere. Well, yeah, Michael Bay is making Transformers Five. The last night he just cast Sir Anthony Hopkins, who is an actual knight. True. Yep. <laughs> so he's oh, is the... that what it's about? Is Anthony Hopkins <laughs> playing himself? Is he the last night? The last night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I, I will. I will say that the Transformers films, as bad as they are, they do seem to cast. Like they do seem to nab pretty high-profile casting. Like they had Francis McDormand in one of them. They had yeah. John Malkovich is in a Transformers yeah, I don't under- movie. I don't understand. Why do people keep watching? It? Stanley Tucci was in the last one. They have these really, really, really good actors. Like really good actors that sign up for these. Stanley Tucci was actually the best part. He's amazing. Yeah. He can do no wrong, that guy. He's, he's one of my favorite dudes, man. Stanley Tucci, when he's screaming, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he's he plays it up really well. Uh, 
I know there's something about the Transformers movies. I'll still watch them all. They're awful though. Yeah. They're, they're awful. They're flashy. They're good popcorn movies. I mean they the next one should be like dumb it like keep it maybe there's one Transformer in the whole movie. Maybe that. Like maybe no, scale it down. Michael Bay wouldn't know what to do with that. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not convinced I'm gonna go see this one. Simply because of the inexplicable addition of the whole Juliet law in the last one. Oh, that was weird. Eh? Where the guy had to explain that, was that fucked up. you know, we how were, he's like, he's dating this 14 year old girl and how it's legal in Texas somehow. Well, no, she's 17 or something <clears throat> and he's 19. He's like, and the father's pissed off. He's like, no, but we were hooking up before that age difference mattered legally. So it's fine. And he's got a copy of that law in his wallet. Yeah. laminated. It's so <laughs> like, dirty and strange. What like the hell it's, it's, it's feels like Michael Bay is somehow justifying. Yeah. It. Like that's what mm-hmm. I think. What are what are you justifying here? Mm-hmm. Dude? They're, they're, they're extremely sexist films. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus. And, and the next one will be the same thing. They'll be racist. They'll be like probably two transformers in it that are like, Yo, yo, you're burning my ass. Yo, get out of here, dog. Like, they're just racist, <laughs> pissing on each other. Well, let's see, last one, they had a Japanese stereotype. Are they going to have... Oh, man. Yeah. What What haven't they hit upon yet for the Transformers? It's fucking brutal. They haven't had a Muslim Transformer oh, yet. Oh, my God. Ooh. With, like, a robe. <laughs> I think at one point, Megatron had a cool... He was in the desert, and he had, like, a cool Bedouin... Like oh, a yeah. robe on his head. That was cool. <laughs> I liked that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Was, so did I. so cool. <clears throat> um... So Jake Gyllenhaal is producing and starring in a Division movie. Like the video game? Yeah. He's producing it as well? Yeah. Why? Did, have, you, have you played this game? No. I have. Is it okay? I haven't uh, played it either. <laughs> I haven't heard good things. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, yeah, pretty average stuff, right? It's, it had some interesting ideas, but it doesn't pull them off very well. And you so get bored. it's the usual post-apocalyptic stuff, right? You're in downtown New York and... After Black Friday. Yeah, so the cool thing about The Division, if you're not familiar, is that there was this Black Friday plague. And these terrorists uh, took advantage of America's capitalist tendencies and they embedded a virus into our dollar bills, or their dollar bills. Yeah, we're, we're... Um, and basically, the American dollar bill, each one was infected with this virus, and as people traded money... On Black Friday, yeah, one of the busiest in commercial year. Except uh, all these the transactions would probably be electronic, yeah. which is retarded. Anyway... This was written a little while ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, the <laughs> virus crazy. the virus gets spread through money, and then everyone in New York is dead. It's like an I Am Legend situation. You're fighting dudes collecting sweet-looking toques and backpacks, right? Yeah, yeah, you you get a nice scarf to go with your bomber jacket. Like I don't know, it's it was kind of trying to be it was kind of trying to be a better destiny, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh it was what it seemed like they were going for to me, but they failed. And so what would a division movie be? Just a regular Just a regular movie. And We've nothing, seen it. Yeah, nothing like, cool, right? Like, like nothing. It would be exactly like any other sort of Jack Ryan movie. Like uh, Clear and Present Danger or but whatever. It's been a couple years since we had one, so now it's time to cash in on that. <laughs> Man, did yeah. anyone see that one with Chris Pine? That Shadow That recurs? Jack Ryan movie? No. Yeah. I keep starting it and stopping it. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just like that, except, you know, they didn't stop the thing from happening. Now they're trying to clean up. Like, I don't know. It's just going to be another action mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. action thriller, maybe. Garbage, right? Uh, 
Brie Larson is on tap for Captain Marvel. So, I'm all right so, with that. So tell us, Brie Larson, her star's on the rise. She just won Best Actress for Room. She's a great actress. Yeah. She feels like the number one draft pick right now if you're playing stock in Hollywood. So if you want to start, a, if, if you're looking at franchises, she's the next Jennifer Lawrence, if you will. Her and Alicia Vikander seem to be on the same yeah. route right now. You can see how the wheels of economics are working here in Hollywood. Uh, she's a great actress. Is she the is she the proper girl for Captain Marvel? Who is Captain Marvel? What you, what's she like? She she's like a hard nosed okay. military woman who just happens to get powers. Uh, I don't know. I think she could do it. I can't say for sure because mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't see <clears throat> other characters or other actors doing certain characters that they pulled off really well. Uh, I don't have any examples off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but. I'm cautiously optimistic because she is a good actress, and that's first and foremost what I care about. I don't necessarily care if she 100% looks like the part. I know everyone wanted Katie Sackhoff to be Captain Marvel for a long time. I think they wanted also uh, a cute girl from Game of Thrones with the quirky mouth. Natalie Dormer? Uh-huh. Really? No. I that's think, what I people wanted her. Oh, okay, fair saw, enough. Like you see these dumb images of people taking actresses' heads and photoshopping and just them. photoshopping them onto the different superheroes, being like, "This is who you should cast." Look, Megan Fox as Wonder Woman. Yeah, just like dumb fantasy castings. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like what Brie Larson does. Great actress. So, what's she in? What do I know from anything? You didn't see Room? No. Twenty One Jump Street. I think she's in. Mm. Saw it. Don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, other stuff. Scott Pilgrim versus yeah, Scott the Pilgrim world. versus yeah. the world. Um, what else we've got? We've got. So the Flash. The, the there was no director announced for the Flash movie for DC. Really? Um, well, I think the director t- dropped out, but we have a new one. Okay, and it's Rick Fami Famu Yu Famu Yiwa. Huh? Famu Yiwa. Rick. Famu Yiwa. Uh, okay. So have you guys seen Dope? You've seen Dope. Yep. It's good. Yeah. So the fella who directed Dope last year is doing the Flash movie, which I think is pretty sick. I can see a Flash movie having the energy and sort of charm that Dope had. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can, I can sense like a... You could, that guy could probably do a superhero movie, I think, based on sort of how fun that movie is. I'm not a big fan of The Flash, though. You know? Flash can be cool, but I'm not sure that anything in the DC Universe is going to be good at this We're point. We're fucked, right? That thing's, gotta, I, that thing's done. I don't watch any superhero movies. Any. Like, you've just boycotted <laughs> them all no, fully? No, i them. They just don't interest me at all. Like... We're probably getting towards the end, so you don't have to bear. You don't have to endure these anymore. I, don't I can't think. even think of any. No, you really, you, like, we're really not going to have to to do this five years from now. I bet I you think. we will. This has been going on forever. It's an epidemic, man. People are going to start just smashing their heads into the walls, though. Yeah, I think when the Infinity Wars with Marvel <clears throat> finish up, even though they've got stuff yeah. planned for that after, like you kind of just say like, "Let's just chill." That was cool. Yeah, I think they do need to. Take we're just a chilling now, though. You know, and DC's already shit the bed, so I don't think they can recover very well. 
But isn't there some kind of rule like they got to do them every three years or five years or ten years or something to get the rights? To demonstrate you hold the rights? I, I don't. Didn't, I don't think Marvel has to because they. I don't understand how that would be a rule. Like you didn't have that in the '90s or the '80s. You didn't have studios making these movies every every five years to to retain the rights. That, I don't, I that don't, might have actually been the rule then, but it didn't matter nearly as much. Well, I do know that they made it that Fantastic Four movie in the '90s. Yeah. That Roger Corman one that's like it looks awful. Um, that one never got released. That one is just they made it and then didn't release it. So maybe movie studios do that where they'll just they'll make these films and then not even screen them, just put them in a vault and be like, Well, we made it. We have the rights. Look, here it is. Yeah. I wonder if it was like contingent on you have to release it as well. That's that's the only thing that can explain Fantastic Four to me. Yeah, right. Like it was such a. Oh. But no one's ever going to let Batman or Spider Man or Superman any of those things go away. So we're going to be dealing with those for ever. I had I, just you know like what? we have been though. We you know have what? been dealing with I, them um, forever. That's true. I I have an interesting question for you guys. This is like related to Star Wars. Is when I had this idea, but uh, Darth Vader and Batman. And Superman, th- th- these kinds of characters. The the um, copyright for these characters obviously will expire at different times. Um, but will it, though? So the copyright for Mickey Mouse should be... Mickey Mouse should be in the public domain, I think, by now, but it's not. And Disney has just successfully skirted around copyright laws. And, and, and Mickey Mouse is still protected, even though it was produced before the cutoff date of uh life plus 70 years or whatever um so it sh- it should be in the public domain or at least approaching it i can't remember so my question here is when when do you think darth vader will become in the public domain will batman become the public like a public domain character ever i don't think so no one the, the companies won't let it happen no there's no way they'll let that happen but eventually, doesn't like copyright law dictate that it has to be just? That's when there'll be a new law. They'll appeal it, and there'll be a new precedent set. So I just I, I envision a world where it is in the public domain. In five thousand years from now, people are telling stories about how Superman was like a real guy. Batman actually kicked people's asses like for real in the nineteen twenties and thirties or something. You know, like I. I it, if it's not controlled by companies, then it actually can weave its way further into popular culture for longer and become more of a legend and not just a, you know, a product. So you're saying a couple hundred years from now in a post-apocalyptic ruin, people will be praying to effigies of Batman and Superman? Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) (laughs) It could happen. I I don't know. It could happen. I don't know. Anyway. Do you think like 2,000 years ago there were three dudes sitting around having this exact same conversation about other people? About Jesus? <laughs> Possibly. Um, so Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis are coming back together. Ooh. Except, this this turns me off a little bit, it's a 1950s set movie uh, in, you know, sort of set in the fashion world in New York. What? Okay. 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 <laughs> cool. I have no doubt it'll be awesome. 
Daniel Day Lewis is amazing. Uh, it would have been cool if it was like a war World War Two movie. Fuck yeah! I don't know something cool. All right, well, but anyway, I'll keep my eyes. The, open. the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel, like Daniel Day Lewis, I thought that motherfucker was literally like shearing sheep in Ireland right now. Like, isn't he? He he comes out of <laughs> retirement to like win an Oscar or two, and then just is like, all right, goodbye. I'm going up that, back. I'm going back to Ireland. Scratches that itch for a while, and then decides. I think he he's literally. I was going to fix some shoes now. I'm a cobbler. <laughs> I think he actually is a cobbler. I swear to God, <laughs> I think I, I think so. Uh, keeps him keeps him humble. Keeps him super real. Yeah. Uh, final story here: the Sicario sequel is moving forward. Uh, it's called Sol- Soldado. Soldado. Yeah, which is uh, Spanish for soldier. Uh, the director Stefano Solima. I'm not familiar with him, so it's not Denis Villeneuve coming back for Sicario. Gary, did you see it? Yes. Did you enjoy Sicario? Yeah. Whatever. Do you good. do you think a sequel is warranted to this movie? Okay, excuse me. So Benicio del Toro's in it? Yes, Benicio del Toro is going to be the protagonist. The soldier? And it's going to follow him his yeah, his soldier uh character's <clears throat> efforts, Why I guess not? going to Medellin, Medellin. Why not? Medellin. Medellin. Right? Why not? It's interesting that just a straight drama gets a sequel. You could... There's others. It's not often, though. True. We're just, you know... That is kind of strange, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. But, I mean, why not? I think a lot of the internet thinks that this is probably not a viable franchise. Hopefully, this isn't VOD trash, right? Like, this... I'm hoping this just isn't... You could very easily see this as being some really shitty Netflix poster cover. You just scan through. It has, like, two stars... You, oh, this is crap. Did you like Sicario or Sicalo? What was it called? Sicario. I was I was I liked it. I was a decent enough fan. I guess I my expectations were super high though. And it's not as good as Prisoners or as good as Enemy. Um I just those movies I thought were way more but it was good. Sort of I mean, whatever. It's, interesting. It's just and, another and one of those movies, right? That's that's what that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like this, Denis Villeneuve's other recent work is a lot more unique. I think like Sicario is it's well acted, it's well written, it's well made, but it's 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 it follows a straight line though. It really is a pretty straightforward cartel movie. Like you know what I mean? There 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 are other cartel movies yeah. that it's kind of similar to. Also, oh, Emily Blunt isn't going to be part no, of it. No, no, it's just following. Oh. Uh oh! Uh oh! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it sounds like Carlito's way too. It, it's basically just following Benicio del Toro and uh, Josh Brolin's character as they're teaming up trying to infiltrate the South American cartel. Cool, just badass, I guess, right? Could be. That does it, guys. Let's get into our review of Pop Star. Never, Never stop. stop. Never stopping.
Welcome to the future, bitches. It's <laughs> Connor's son. Oh. my fave though, I like the freezer one. Listen to this, homies. We can upload your entire album to fridges, washer dryers, blenders, and microwaves across the country. You could do that? Yes, nerd. It's just Wi-Fi jibber-jabber. It's not a big deal. This is that next, 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 man. I told y'all, Deborah's a genius. <laughs> it's true, and it is also pronounced Deborah. Deborah, oh, that's very cool. What's the origin of that? Uh, I believe Deborah. So that was a clip from pop star Never Stop, Never Stopping. When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. Pop star uh, stars Andy Samberg, Yorma Tacone, Akiva Schaefer, Sarah Silverman, Tim Meadows, Maya Rudolph, Joan Cusack, Imogen Poots, the most British name ever. Uh, and I guess uh, basically everyone in Hollywood as themselves. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, quite a few. Uh, so this movie's directed by The Lonely Island. Uh, basically Andy Samberg's, what would you call it, like Weird Al Yankovic style pop band? Sure. That's no? pretty accurate. Yeah. They're not that much of a spoof band, or maybe they are actually. No, is it is it the same as what Adam Sandler used to do? It's these SNL musical acts that are nothing more than sort of like Han the Hanukkah song, right? Feels Very like the same similar. thing. Yeah, it's like SNL's backing these albums a little bit. Uh, the whole thing felt like just a big infomercial for the album. <laughs> you think for the uh, for the soundtrack, maybe? Yeah. I, I had a which, problem. Which you could never sell. I, well, I'm a I'm a fan of the Lonely Island. I think a lot of their stuff is hilarious and awesome, and really like it. A lot of it is w sort of wormed its way into the cultural uh, zeitgeist. I hate that. Like the fabric yep. of our pop culture has a lot of Lonely Island references in it. Um, like I'm on a boat. You'll see that everywhere. They they just Andy Samberg has a lot of great ideas. Uh, but I think the Lonely Island, like this this time around, I, I didn't find a lot of songs in the movie Pop Star. Did you, do you guys have any memorable moments, it, it, like music wise? Like I guess I'm maybe not gay. Fuck Bin Laden, I guess was okay, and well, yeah, not, not gay. gay is pretty funny. But are are these going to be things that you know a year from now you'll be able to bring up the same way that you you not know good. Dick in a Box and no, no, no. I don't know the the song that it started off with the humble one. With Adam Levine in as the uh, featured artist, mm. I, I think that'll that's really catchy. I think it could take off the whole whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I like that one. I, I, Levine hologram. <laughs> I, I wish the movie pumped. Like I, I saw a few people kind of bobbing and weaving in the audience. I, I didn't feel like it. Like I, uh, this should have been a really fun concert movie and. The, the, I don't. I didn't think the songs were catchy enough. Like no one in the audience was really on board with. Maybe, maybe it takes a, a few repeat viewings. Well, yeah, maybe yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it was. Well, it this didn't feel like when I saw a Team America the first time, and everybody was 
America. fully on board just like cheering and hollering I, f- I felt like a few people wanted to maybe clap and cheer in, in our screening but nobody really went for it and <laughs> well our theater is kind of small it so really it, like it really was 12 people yeah uh, oh, wow. well no there's actually <laughs> it felt really strange there's like, a lot more but felt like they squeezed like a theater into this like corner of the we got, we got a little bit of like, space left in this oh, closet you can stick a theater right just slide it right in there uh, it had very few seats. <laughs> but Mike, what did you think of Popstar? Never stop, never stopping. Uh, well, I'm actually going to read a couple of reviews before we get oh, going Oh, you, you want to do a vertical slice. slice here. Let's do it. So Mick LaSalle from San Francisco Chronicle liked this movie so much he gave it 100. And what Mick says is, Popstar has more going for it than outrageousness, though it certainly has that. It has a genuine outrage, a good-humored but cleared take on today's pop culture and a morass of corruption idiocy and relentless oh sorry as a morass of corruption idiocy and relentless self-promotion okay um we'll talk about what he said there i <laughs> just want to what's at the bottom the of bottom, the slice we got roger moore from movie nation he's reviewing movies now the whole movie feels like an underdeveloped sketch that goes on for too long and, that, and that's where he leaves and it. And that's where he leaves it. That's all. He, so we got the top who thinks it's on par and it points out how outrageous and absurd today's pop culture is. Uh, and the bottom, the guy just thinks it's a, the current climate of SNL, a, a skit that was funny and just keeps going on too long. Well, it was definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, it was definitely a skit, it felt like, right? Um, but I don't think it went on too long. No, like, I, like I was entertained till the end. And the payoff is really excellent. Like where sort of where each character gets sort of built up and then torn down. And then finally, like when we do get, you know, the reuniting of the band uh, at the end is style boys. It, it It is actually satisfying, right? Because these characters you can clearly see do belong together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and sort of are resisting each other only out of stubbornness or. Out of out of regret or guilt or whatever, in the mockumentary style. I mean, that's I think that helps it just keep you engaged that extra little bit. You know, you got cameos from whoever, Usher or whatever. The, the, it keeps you engaged. So I was like an hour and ten minutes into. I was like, oh, you know what? I looked at my clock. I was like, it's almost over, and I'm still not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I'm not asleep yet. Yeah. Well, uh, I, would, I would think the little, uh, you know, little four-month-old baby drumming would keep you awake for yeah. the whole movie, right? <laughs> yeah. I really um, like this. Uh, right from the start, it hit the notes properly for me. I mean, those two reviews could have been the same part of the same review. They could have. <laughs> they really could have. Yeah. It does. Uh, we were talking about the whole Justin Bieber signing in the Anne Frank house. You know? So he's, I, I hope she he, would have been a believer. Yeah, Justin Bieber wrote in the guest book at the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam. Okay. Ho- hopefully. She would have been a believer. She would have been a believer. Like, and, the, and the crazy thing is, is that the Anne Frank house Twitter or uh, Instagram account tweeted that out. It wasn't, I don't believe it was Justin Bieber who sort of, wrote that and said hey everyone look what i wrote uh it was it was the Anne frank house kind of promoting themselves saying hey look what bieber wrote and it's so yeah so like we um, have connor for real taking a taking taking a a shit in the the uh i thought 
it, it did seem like it dragged a little for me because the whole movie is his fall from grace, realizing he needs to go back to his roots, you know, with his friends and how they like they were the ones that were happy and when they were together they worked so well and that's what made him famous in the first place, right? He he had everything he wanted and then he just went off on another path and mm-hmm. it fell apart. I don't like his fall from grace took for fucking ever. Yeah, yeah. But- it had a lot of funny parts. But it didn't need to be quite yeah, as it, long it, as it, it was. It really did. The actual story part of it, like where the lessons are learned and the life lessons or whatever, was like twenty minutes long. But in, yeah. in, in <laughs> most in most movies like this, uh, these sort of Shakespearean music movies where you have a, a band that sort of rises and falls, um, the, 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 ride the, the wave. The, the fall is usually quite fast and hard. But in this, it is it is a gradual fading out. Just all the shit that he does to try and go. <laughs> Whatever. It is so full of jokes that do hit the mark for me that I was very entertained through the entire film. Yeah. Even though I thought it did drag just a little bit in the central part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it you're right. The, the the top review points out like it does point out so well how absurd this pop star celebrity culture is yeah he's got 32 people on his personal payroll and 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 there are yeah. artists out there that will have people that are just around to make them look taller yeah see that's the thing like this <laughs> these these yeah justin timberlake is the chef. what does he call that like a perspective um yeah perspective adjuster adjuster yeah <laughs> yeah a shorter guy that just stands near him in photos to make him look no, taller. No, it's a perspective manipulator. Manipulator, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. It's like a Tom Cruise kind of situation. You yeah. you know, you, you, he has to look... The, see, the problem is maybe that these things are not that... In context, they're not really that much different than the sad reality that we live in. So really, some of these things aren't that wacky or hilarious as we'd like them to me the movie comes across actually as a little bit toothless i mean other than some full frontal male nudity and <laughs> a whole uh grocery cart full of f-bombs we d- it's not really that you know i mean it's it's a toothless movie i'll say it it doesn't really earn its r rating to me other than just having those couple of gross out scenes and a lot of profanity you know, like if if you wanted to make this a lot more depraved or something, or more of a unique look at pop star, like it really doesn't show us anything that crazy. Because like you watch TMZ, which you get to watch CMZ, CMZ, but you watch the real life TMZ, and it it isn't that much different than what they do in the movie. It, no. It's no. just a bunch of shouting and sucking on. Big straws. Did you in- see the after the credits, the CMC after yeah. the credits, where he's got the big the big mug. It's oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a giant like five liter cooler. Oh, um, yeah, I, I can see your point with the toothless. I suppose because really what it it does is it simply says, "Hey, this happens," and points out how absurd it is. But that's it. Like it doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, if I'm supposed to be sitting in the theater slapping my knee going, this is so crazy, I'm I'm actually not. Like, this, this movie is ironically pretty tame, you know, when you really step back from it. There's not a lot of really, like, it doesn't get that dark ever, and it, it, it the things they do don't really ever cross into this territory of being totally off, like, you know, off the wall. Like, it... it, it well, the whole change of clothes thing, Connor, no dick. That's fuck. Yeah, yeah, like it's, that was kind of funny. 
I don't, I don't know if I it's necessarily agree 100% with you on that one. I, I think the fact that we're so accustomed to seeing these absurd things is a comment on how crazy pop culture is mm-hmm. right now anyway. Okay. I, I, I have a movie I want to contrast this with, a movie that I hold really dear to my heart, one of my you know maybe top 20 of all time. Uh, but Gary, I want to hear your thoughts on pop star. What, what did you think of the movie? Did you did you like it? Yeah, I was all right. I laughed. <laughs> and, I did. And, I laughed out loud. Remember, I got my three laugh from Entourage. Yeah, my three laugh. Uh, I definitely got three laughs out, out of that. this, right? Yeah, definitely. I so won't... you you had trouble convincing uh, your fiance to come with you on this one? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I'd, I'd say trouble, but like she was pretty willing to come in the end. She didn't want to use the free passes. That's what she didn't want to use. After, after that's completely fair. After she saw the trailer, she's like, "You're paying for this." Um, so hold on, what's the difference of not using like using the free passes on one movie as opposed to a different movie that well, you go see? Not yeah, actually, that, I, her her logic might actually be backwards here. It's it's actually not even uh, free passes. She paid for them. Oh, okay. She so she didn't. She okay. got them at a discount. So she didn't want to go to a movie she paid for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. That's fair. That's using fair. the passes that we already have. Gotcha. But anyway, I was saying earlier, she looked at me a minute into the movie with this look on her, on her face like what the fuck did you just bring me to what just because she saw a baby tearing up a drum set she was <laughs> she was just like this is already this is ridiculous <laughs> but whatever she laughed a bit she she at one point she was the first one to laugh in the theater at one of the the jokes we'll call it when they uh they go out to the farm and he's like whatever whatever connor 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 and then he says connor to the guy that he was with she started laughing out loud, and I was just like, "What the?" F-? <laughs> yeah, p- p- picking up the wrong jokes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. The whole yeah. thing is a joke. Yeah. Are there wrong jokes though? I mean, no, 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 no. It was great. It None. was great. All the all the humor is intentional. Everything. And there's a lot. I actually have a feeling that this movie, a, a rewatch, I think, will. I can't most likely help. I think. Yeah, I, I can't say for sure if a rewatch will make this movie better. Or worse, I think it'll be better. No, I think it will be a lot better because uh, a, a lot of what the Lonely Island does is a lot of sort of like abstract lyrics, yeah. like r- random lyrics thrown in. Like there'll just be like cherry pie, like just random nonsense, right? Like it'll just be the the stupidest thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like stick your head in a toilet. Like it just nonsensical phrases. Just catch. Yeah, exactly. So I found like the movie moved at such a pace at some of those points where I could tell at least the audience we were with people weren't like we didn't have enough time to pick up a lot of these jokes. Like I would say that most maybe 40 or 50 percent of the lyrics in some of the songs just sped so quickly past the audience that a rewatch I think is almost like required here in order to actually appreciate any of these songs. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like in that, that, uh, I didn't have time to laugh at them because we were moving through 50 jokes at a time. Just even on that one song, the not gay (laughs) at the one point in towards the end of the song, he just starts saying random stuff. Yeah. Chicken. That that was awesome. I I, want to study that. Yeah. Like I I want to watch that gold in there frame by frame. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And the movie doesn't give you enough time for any of these yeah. little nuggets, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be probably better on a second watch for sure. 
Yeah, it it's an infinitely quotable movie. What are I your think. trepidations on about a rewatch? Well, I just worry that the initial shock value of some of the, uh, but there's not a lot of shock value right. looking back yeah, on it. Yeah, but yeah. but like you know, the punchline is coming, so it won't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. But there are, as you said, a bunch of smaller jokes going on all at the same time. Um, and actually, we were talking about the catchphrase, and I think that is a very interesting commentary again on today's popular culture. His catchphrase that the public loved was just a bunch of nonsense mm-hmm. strung together, like thirty-six catchphrases all at once, yeah. and they well, ate it up. Well, I mean, d- doesn't that go into the fact that his all of his catchphrases, his, his best stuff is written by Lawrence, not like so. The great thing about the Style Boys is that so Connor is a great performer. He's got all the style. He's a he's just a great stage frontman, but Lawrence. He's the guy who is sensitive and writes those amazing lyrics and makes stuff out of wood, and he's an amazing woodworker. <laughs> yeah. <like> <laughs> uh, and then you have uh, Owen, who's actually shown to be pretty sick making beats, even though Connor ignores that and feels that he needs to branch out to other sick producers, right? Yeah. So you actually have each of these three yeah. Pieces of the band with their own real talent. The Triforce, the Holy Trinity. So all those catchphrases, the reason they don't work is because Lawrence is no longer writing his material. Or is it? are those his catchphrases when they were still together? No, well, those catchphrases were written when they were still together. And that's actually why they were estranged in the movie, because uh, Connor took all of the credit for it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but as a... Like, what I was saying with that, with the commentary is it's just a bunch of nonsense and the public absolutely loves him for it, which is exactly what the shit is happening right now. If you're a famous celebrity, you could say whatever the hell you want and people would be like, yeah, you know, what's up? Like, well, I've got 20 million Twitter followers. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> like you watch this movie and it's not that much more ridiculous than the shit that happens online every well, day. Um, so I, I think it does that very well. So once again, going back to the top of the, vertical slice <laughs> that guy has some valid points it hits home very well with all of that what yeah. it's trying to do yeah. yeah yeah um is is it kind of bad that maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie is the the b scene where it's just a black screen with no that's amazing subtitles. hilarious <laughs> that oh, is such that, a good scene that scene it it had me like i was like okay this is hilarious this is good <laughs> No, I wasn't like killing myself laughing, but then he's like, did you get that? He's like, no, you told me that's what I said, killing myself. I just, that was so, I thought to my, oh man, that's bad that my favorite scene of the movie so far is just a black screen with subtitles. And it plays with expectations so well, because normally when people say, turn the camera off, they don't, because we're in a movie. And so then these guys respect their wishes and turn the camera off, (laughs) and they flamethrower a bunch of... Killer bees. Like, that was in a awesome. Giant. Did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you told us to turn it off. Um, but yeah, so the the Judd Apatow, see, like, okay, the limo scene. That was fun. Too. Yeah. So that's a great play on on I guess the old boobs on the window sign my yeah sign my boobs situation. Once again, uh, subverting <laughs> our expectations and turning them on our head. Yeah. Just like the camera. Yeah. There's a pair of boobs on the window. Looks away for a second. Now it's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, it went on forever. Uh, I, I, I got to give credit to Judd Apatow for going through with that scene. Showing his penis. That's 
pretty ballsy if i'll say it <laughs> and the part where like the window's going up and you think it's gonna like chop his nuts off like the window's actually cutting i like, like when it up. goes and it's just streaking i, oh, I guarantee goodness. every guy in that theater was a little uncomfortable with the balls hanging over the window as exactly. it started to it, go it, up. that's that's what i'm saying yeah, exactly like, like that scene is pretty brilliant um apparently steven spielberg had to be contacted in order to get the rights to that that bass sound so you know oh, from uh, war, war of the worlds war of the worlds you, you know when owen wears that de- dead mouse helmet yeah and it goes like Bwarrr! that's lifted directly out of war of the worlds and they had to like steven spielberg had to make an okay on that and they, the lawyers said okay that's good enough for us so that's kind of a cool i wondered because it sounded an awful lot like the tripods it's, it's just lifted right out of it um but yeah, I thought that, like like I said earlier, the way that each of the characters have their own strength within the band, uh, I thought it's a great way to demonstrate why Connor sucks as a solo artist, right? You can you can see what, like what is lacking and what made the Style Boys great, which they really aren't. Uh, <laughs> the donkey roll? Yeah. See, the problem, I think, with this movie is, like, do you guys think it's a wasted opportunity to save the... See, these these three guys are actually in a real band, right? The Lonely Island is for all... Like, they tour and they do real shows. Like, they're an actual yeah. band. So, the chemistry that these three dudes have together is real. And you can see it on screen when they're rehearsing and, yeah. and, and mixing and, and, and creating a song together at the end, right? Do you guys think it's a wasted opportunity to only get that in the last 20 minutes of the movie? Like, you see that fresh you know, sort of genuine and sincere character interaction happening. I, I, I want a whole movie of that. I don't want our usual, oh, they have to go their separate ways and hate each other and then they love each other again. And I, I, I want a story about the Style Boys dealing with an outside force. They don't They don't have to fight amongst each other. You know, they're a band. They can stand united against an outside enemy. I don't know. I just I don't, thought, yeah, that would I think that'd be good, but I don't think this particular setup would work. But that's as not well. the story we were telling. Like cl- no. we were telling the style like the style boys collapsing and then this solo artist trying to branch out. That's the story we were telling, which yeah, is fine. Cuz that that often happens, you know, when in pop bands. And then Justin Timberlake is in this. He's obviously tight with Andy Samberg, but it's hard not to notice that correlation between NSync and then Justin JT. Timberlake leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it had to be this way just to showcase all of the ridiculousness that they were trying to draw attention to. Like everyone was sort of playing the straight man around him, except for all of his yes men. So he needed that dissent so people could point out just how stupid things were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought so, it, each person's payoff, I thought was quite decent. You know, like, yeah. I mean, you even have a payoff with, uh, with the turtle. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Maximus. 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 Yeah. You, I mean, you even get a, that, like a nice little payoff with that. He gets a new turtle at the end and stuff. Um, but the way that Lawrence is ridiculed throughout the whole movie for being just a dumb hick farmer, it's like, what a dumbass, stupid motherfucker. And then you, you crest the hill and you realize the crop that he's fields planted. Upon fields upon Yeah, and weed. you're just like, oh, interesting. So he's actually, he, he, <laughs> he turns from being this idiot into this really savvy far you know smart investor who's just now like oh you're sitting on an actual 
gold mine right <laughs> and, now. And then oh. you see his six studio. Yeah, yeah. And he says he's instantly now he's like, Yeah, this is what I've been doing. I'm I'm amazing. Right? He's just <laughs> this complete badass who's just been keeping it on the DL the whole movie. Well the payoff for him was great too. Like once he finally forgave Connor, one of the first things he says is, Guys, I think I fucking hate farming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and then Owen criticized for his poor drum beats, we never really get to hear them until Connor gets dragged to this dubstep show and it's actually like it's it really actually it, it sounds kind of cool like yeah. even even out of context of the movie they I think that they did a decent job of demonstrating it's like oh, okay because he plays the keyboard and shit but then of course Owen tries to get on the mic and he just can't sing worth a damn so I, I thought that was nice to sort of see how oh well clearly these guys work better together as a band uh that all worked for me. I just wish there'd be a sequel. There could be. I don't know. It didn't really do too well. No. Um, throwing, um, this may be a spoiler, I suppose, but throwing Michael Bolton in for the final yeah. uh, number was yeah. great, fantastic. Simply because the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow or the ballad of Captain Jack Sparrow is one of my favorite Lonely Island songs ever. So it was nice to see Bolton back with them. Like the movie debuted in uh, the number eight spot to four point six million dollars over the whole weekend. That's not so good. So we're in we're in deep shit here. How, and, what was the and, production budget? And now we can probably ask ourselves why we're even reviewing this movie. Yeah. You know, if no one saw this whatsoever, everybody was busy uh, watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows, checking out Krang and shit. Well, we'll review that eventually. I suppose. Yes, we will. Uh, production budget not available. For uh, oh, pop okay. star, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I said earlier here uh, that there's a movie that this that I want to contrast this to that works way better. It's uh, it's all gone Pete Tong. I don't know if you guys have ever watched this movie. No. So this is from the director of Fubar. You guys have seen Fubar, I hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 2004 film. It's all gone Pete Tong is one of my favorite movies of all time for sure it's a basically about a dj in ibiza 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 <laughs> so there's an actual connection here so he's a, a, a spain yeah a dj in ibiza who loses his hearing basically this this dj goes deaf in ibiza and it's about his rise and fall and then rise again as this deaf dj uh and the movie is absolutely hilarious completely fucked up like there's if you want to see like this is what i'm talking about before like earn your r rating you know have the characters do ridiculous things there's a scene in it's all gone pete tong where frankie wilde our protagonist completely insane drug addicted dj uh he's suicidal he's lost his hearing he he duct tapes a bunch of pillows to his head and then sets fireworks all on his head He's like attempting to commit suicide with like fireworks on his head. I mean, it's completely insane. And I thought a pop star would take me to completely. I didn't feel like my face hurt when I was watching <laughs> pop star. <laughs> what? Oh, when, from from laughing. From laughing. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt that way. No, it didn't, I just, it, it, it I didn't, didn't cross that hard. It didn't cross to that line. And when and the first time I watched, it's all gone, Pete Tong. I absolutely, my face was killing me. It's amazing. Please check out It's All Gone Pete Tong. So much more effective 
than pop star and it basically tells the exact same story uh and actually has a more mm. human element the 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 losing like as he loses his hearing the movie starts to like oh this shit just got real you know there's there's scenes in it that aren't funny uh and he's dealing with you know a disability and it's just not humorous and i think imagine if pop star had scenes where you know it actually got kind of real for a second you could have done it i don't know yeah these pop stars lives get really depressed and they, they are like addicted to drugs and overdosing and shit prince died of fentanyl which is like a heroin substitute is that how he died yeah yeah isn't that fucking crazy jesus so hollywood is a bunch of drug addicts and i think popstar had you know you guys i know it's more lighter kind of stuff but if it's rated r and you're going for shocking stuff like a guy's penis sliming down a window (laughs) uh you have room. You mean you're already in that territory. You're already in the restricted area, so yeah. you can open up cans of worms that most movies can't do. I don't, I don't know. know if he, I don't know if he's got the demeanor for that though. He's pretty. I know. He's pretty slapstick, and that's right? not what we came out here for, right? Yeah. That's not what people bought their. Ticket. It's not Lonely, I- Lonely Island's mo. <laughs> but yeah, and we didn't buy tickets for that movie. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, anything else, fellas? No, kept me entertained. Uh. All the cameos were great. Yeah, they yeah. just they just I'd helped like, make it so much more absurd. I'd like to see a extended cut, maybe of this. I'm sure there is one. I saw stuff in the trailer that didn't seem to make it in, and like it, it feels like there's way more stuff on the cutting room floor here. Probably could be. Yeah, I'm impressed with how many celebrities were willing to make fun of themselves for this movie. Yeah, like Seal and the Wolves. Yeah, how, how do you think I got Carrie. these scars? Yeah. <laughs> Fighting wolves. Um, the the age old question. <laughs> yeah, everyone always asks, and he's never told anyone. Or do, oh, do he, people know? Uh, I, I think people know. It might have been yeah. an illness or something. Well, let's just leave it at wolves. Uh, <laughs> I am. I'm going to actually give this movie a seven. I can't give it any higher than that. I giving it in the sixes is just not fair because yep. it's it's hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, like you said, all the the beats hit perfectly. Like I didn't feel like there were many jokes that really didn't work. No, Every everything all pretty good. Everything was hit dead on. I think. Yeah. Uh, I going, just think you could you could have got to like eight point five territory if you wanted to. They cool, they could have pushed close. it a little more, yeah. I'm going seven point five, mm-hmm. right in around there. I think that's the good mark for this one. For everything that you've said, I don't really have much else to add. And I've already talked about it all. Yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll go right around the same area. I'll probably go a seven, 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 seven point two, somewhere in that area. Seven point two five, something like seven point two seven. Ooh, yeah, we'll go seven point two seven. No, it, it was good. I mean. As we said earlier, I'm. I, I think I'm looking forward to seeing it again, so I can try and pick up some other big time. Yeah, some other jokes. Well, you know what? That being said, I I, I almost feel like I'm past that stage in my life where I'm gonna be walking around with my buddies quoting quoting pop star quoting lines, pop star lines. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like we were quoting Friday movie that movie Friday yeah. and other movies like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm it's curi- probably pretty quotable. I'm curious to see if this is gonna take over Anchorman's quotable quota yeah i mean that's an interesting point but yeah like gary we're probably too young to know or too old to know what's going to become quotable out of this movie yeah Yeah. you you can't really predict it i guess it's but then you'll at least know what all those young whippersnappers are talking about on the bus or something yeah Yeah. but it's hard to say what causes things to 
right be contagious in that way yeah yeah what you know why do people say stay classy san diego like why is that funny i don't like that but everyone said like that's a, that's a line right you know like I, I don't who knows i can't pick a lot out of pop star so i i'm anxious to see it too again yeah. uh but with 4.6 million looks like if you go around <laughs> throwing down pop star references no one's gonna know. No one will have any idea what you're about. talking about. Yeah, I have a feeling it's good. There's gonna be a lot of clips that'll show up uh, in gifs. They, see, and I memes. was as I was watching the movie, I thought about that. I thought, which is so sad. I, I, I thought to myself, which of these scenes are gif worthy? Yeah, which is right. so brutal. Yeah. Like I can't believe my my brain was going there. To I was I was picturing scenes with subtitles of characters talking in like a gif that you'd put on to fucking Reddit or Twitter, being yeah. like. It's the world we live in. Yeah. Sad, sad state of affairs. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, I can't oh. believe my brain is working that way now. Oh, oh. Um, so, guys, next week we are reviewing Warcraft. Boom. Yay. I can't wait for it to be awful. Damn. Boom. So, once again, expectations are at a are at a very low level. So, Apocalypse, not too bad because your expectations were bullshit. Warcraft. I think it's going to be pretty sick. You think? Yeah. I think I'm going to dig it because I don't give a fuck. I've never played World of Warcraft. was a big fan of Warcraft 2, The Tides of Darkness, circa, circa 1995. Well, this has more in common with that mm-hmm. than it does World of Warcraft at this yeah. point. To me, Warcraft is a strategy game similar to like Age of Empires and Command and & Conquer and that kind of stuff. Not this... MMO shit. So do we get to see base building in this movie? I wish. I hope there's like scenes. I mean, there, there's there's a shot I saw of these two orcs sitting on like a perched above a cliff and they're looking down at this, you know, valley below and it, <laughs> they're fucking little towers and farms and shit. Yeah. All right. I mean, this is why I like the movie Battleship. I know you keep bringing up Battleship. <laughs> Did you know that I was going to bring up Battleship? <laughs> Fuck. God damn it, I'm a loser. I'm pretty sure every episode you bring up that. The audience is just tired of me bringing up Battleship every fucking week. But yeah. no, once again, as I said last week, you I just you just called me out so bad. Did you you knew I was going yeah. there? <laughs> fucking hell. I agree with the whole nods in the movie though. I lo- I lo- I want to see Tetris and everything else that's based on a game to see how they incorporate all of that it's into a challenge. The film. If you're a screenwriter, this is like your dream. It's like how the he- I got to get creative today. You know? Yeah. We'll see. So, Warcraft, you guys got to have, like, base building scenes where, like, the guys are, like, training little units. And, like, okay, send them out. And, like, the little guys highlights, like, ten guys. All right, send them out. All right, go. You just wait. And you got to have a unit of guys go off in a different direction because you clicked the wrong spot. Yeah. It's just, that's what you got to do. <laughs> oh, shit. There they go. Um... Where can we find you on the internet? I am at Michael R. Lind on Twitter. There's going to be a bunch more sites, Instagram and crap coming up over the next few weeks. Oh, so yeah. I'll start uh, pushing all of that pretty hard. Nice. Yeah, you have time to get en- everything en- going. En- enhance your internet presence. Enhance. Yeah. Enhance. You don't set up a vertical viewing Instagram account if you want. I will. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Please do it. It will. Uh, Gary. On Twitter at Van City Fats. Nice. That's it. That's all. Any mixtapes coming or no, buddy? No, I'm getting old. Shatterproofs, no more. I would say no more. Just uh, hiatus. Yeah, not doing anything right now, <clears throat> but no official funeral, so to speak. 
It's all good. I am at Scott Wilson BC. That's with two L's. Uh, go to verticalviewing.com. Click on the donate button. If you like what we do around here, if you want us to get guests, maybe uh, if, if you're a huge World of Warcraft uh, player and you're part of the gaming industry and you want to join us next week, give us a shout. Email us, verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, donate button. If you got some extra cash, throw us a buck or two. Helps us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show. Um. Why are movies expensive and yeah. have 20 minutes of ads? Yeah, I know. That's a great question, eh? Like, you paid money, so therefore the ads aren't... Why? You, you, paid, you paid the money. Like, I understand if I went to a free movie, right? show me like like half an hour of ads. But yeah, got in for free. You got to pay the boat, man. But yeah. I paid the boat, man. That is a great question. They put two coins over my eyes <laughs> as I'm crossing the river. And those coins are tiny screens that play ads for <laughs> Nissan. But yeah, I mean, I don't understand why we. Question. Why do we have to deal with that? That's no, BS, right? And there's ads everywhere as we go in. Maybe maybe this is why ticket sales are down so much. They just keep piling on ads at the start of films, well, and people yeah, or, are sick of it. Or you get a storm coming on, saying like, "Thanks for coming to the movies." Thanks, yeah, thanks Storm. John Favreau, we worked really hard on this movie. Thanks for coming out. They actually thank theater goers now, and they have a PSA at the beginning of the it's movie so saying, it, "Thank you for, th- yeah, thank you for not staying home." Sh- shit's changing and downloading the fast. movie fast. Yeah, like the world is changing fast. Uh-huh. We don't notice how fast, but it's changing fast. Kids are not going to the movies, are they? That's a different podcast. That is a different podcast. All right, cool. Anything else, guys? Any final thoughts? Nothing from the. From the dudes. Whatever, man. Watch <laughs> it if you want. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Check it out. Check out Popstar. I think we will return to this conversation six months from now when this flick is on is available in libraries everywhere. Uh when rewatches have occurred, I think the people have more to say about it. I'll probably be singing the songs more. I want to. Like I want to be a fan of all these tracks. I just can't none of them penetrated through I, I i have nothing i didn't absorb anything right? okay not, not gay <laughs> but but you're right because normally i'm so humble we'll get one music video every few months with them or whatever right yeah this, this was a like three or four all mm-hmm. at once with no time to process so. yeah I, I still need to process all this shit yeah wow all right sweet so that'll thanks. do it i guess guys thank you thanks gary for coming on thank you thank you next week we got warcraft yeah this one's I'm actually stoked like I said keep those expectations low uh, the effects are gonna be good if nothing else well just there's no reason to think anything's ever gonna be good so just go in with that attitude yeah, that's, that's true. true I went to see I Frankenstein in the theater wow <laughs> yeah that's all you can say this, about this that. guy just digs through the trenches oh god anyway well keep it vertical <laughs> whatever that means <laughs>